Blog Talk Radio. From the far reaches of the known universe, we are proud to present Brother Harold Muhammad, soldier, scientist, scholar. Blog Talk Radio's finest. Not so mad science on Black Hole Radio. Of my own, I took certain actions that put me in a position to be reprimanded and censored. The results of those actions have infringed upon, damaged, and hurt the relationship of my brother and my friend and his business associates. It was in full knowledge that my superiors knew that my punishment for the actions that I took would cause harm, placing the burden of repair and compensation on me to undo the damage that I caused by my actions. As a security-minded person, there are certain things that I am allowed to do and I should not do. And I did something I was not supposed to do. Thus, I was censored for 90 days where I was not allowed to speak, interact, or do anything. And even then, in my arrogance, 
I did certain things that were not to be done, thinking that my censor was only not to speak to people directly. And I came on the air and I did two shows. So my punishment was extended beyond 90 days with an additional 120 days. I have now come through that period and I am demanded by my faith and my confidence in God who came to us in the person of Master Fard Muhammad to do whatever is necessary and bow my head to both my brother and friend Jason Hillary and his business associate and friend Sheldon and make these men whole and ask their forgiveness for the damage done to them and their business relationship is completely and totally my fault and lies at my feet. I ask your forgiveness publicly with mine, and as I can see right now, I have about 27,000 listeners on the air right now, before them as my witnesses, I am truly sorry, and whatever I need to do to make you two brothers whole and repair your relationship because you both put a confidence in me that I failed to complete by my actions. To that end, I hope you can find a way for me to repair not only my relationships with you and work ten times as hard to get your confidence back, but to hopefully build a bridge where you two can become brothers and friends once again and not let my arrogance and ignorance harm your relationships because of me. To that end, this is Brother Harold Muhammad, host, writer, director, and engineer of Not So Mad Science here on the Black Hole radio network. I have said this. I made it public. It is here for anyone to go into the archives and hear it. Now I can get back to the work at hand, and I will call each of these brothers individually and restate my apologies. But I wanted to do this publicly. It was important to me in my own conscience. I would like to put into the record, going all the way back to October 1st, an open letter that was written to MSNBC host Rachel Maddow, who, by virtue of the power of big pharmaceuticals, stated that ivermectin 
as a medication is a horse dewormer and criticize people for taking this. She did this back in August. Miss Maddow devoted two segments of her show to the topic of ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19. I want to reiterate, reiterate and repeat the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Do not pump that damnable poison of a vaccine, regardless of whether it is Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson. Do not put that poison into your arm. There are 14 to 15 other clinically viable treatments to treat COVID-19 and bring you back into good health as well as prevent you from being able to get COVID-19. Dr. Diane Pearl questioned some of the questions for MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and she has challenge the popular talk show host to respond. In an open letter to Ms. Maddow, Dr. Perlman, a psychologist whose focus includes psychological manipulation of fear, challenges Ms. Maddow to correct statements the talk show host made on her show about ivermectin. According to the Huffington Post, reported on August 20, Ms. Maddow told her viewers, people won't take the vaccine because they're super suspicious of that. But they're taking horse dewormer medication that they're buying at seed stores for COVID. Maddow also made similar claims in an August 27th segment of the Rachel Maddow show. In the letter to Ms. Maddow, Dr. Perlman outlines in detail the evidence supporting ivermectin as an effective treatment for COVID. Dr. Perlman then challenged Ms. Maddow to respond to these questions. One, am I right in my debate with my friends in believing that you would be willing to revise your reporting based on investigation of suppressed facts, independent science? Question number two, are you free to speak the truth or are you beholding to your big pharmaceutical sponsors of your MSNBC program to promote falsehoods for their profit. And number three, might you evolve your rhetoric and help soften the intolerable disparagement and help us transcend the hostile right-left split? 
might you create a space for amicable dialogue and enlightenment. And again, I apologize for the sniffles, but this is the physical nature that medication cannot help me with when the seasons change at this time of year. From warm to cold, the physical structure of my nose changes. No antihistamine of any kind or anything else can help me. I just have to suffer through it for about two weeks. And then it happens again from cold to warm. It is the nature of life for me in this world. In the introduction to her letter, Dr. Perlman calls on readers to help her respectfully engage Rachel Maddow and others in dialogue and to inspire accurate science-based reporting on ivermectin in the hopes of raising consciousness, reducing suffering, and saving lives. What is essential here? Former President Colt 45, Donald, I shoot from the hip, Trump, when he contracted COVID, he went to Brooklyn, New York, and was treated and recovered from COVID in less than one week. I reported of this practice and this procedure and the doctor who who treated him in previous weeks. It is my suggestion that you go back into the archives and check it out. Now, I'd like to also report back on October 1st, Mr. Anthony Fowler. I don't want to say doctor because I have no respect for his falsity that his position has in his bully pulpit put before the American people. The reports of death, COVID-19 vaccines, Back on October 1st, it was nearly 16,000 people. And then the CDC began to urge pregnant women to get the vaccine. For those who are regular listeners to this program, Not So Mad Science, we all know what the VAERS reporting system is. The vaccine adverse event reporting system. Data released by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention showed that between December 14th of 2020 and September 24th of 2021, a total of 753,000 approximately adverse events 
following the taking of COVID vaccines were reported to the VAERS system. The data included a total of approximately 16,000 people died, which was an increase of 551 persons over those previous weeks. Excuse me. There were 105,758 reports of serious injuries and death during that same period of time, which is up 606,348 compared to previous weeks. This was on October 1st, dear friends. Now, if you exclude the foreign reports filed in theirs, 581,851 adverse events, including the 7,215 deaths and the 46,000 serious injuries, were reported in the U.S. between December 14th of 2020 and September 24th of 2021. That was just last month. Of the 7,215 U.S. deaths reported as of September 24th, 11% of those people died within 24 hours of the vaccine. 16,000 occurred within 48,000. Correction. Excuse me. 16% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination and 29% occurred in people who experienced an onset of symptoms within 48 hours of being vaccinated. That leaves a total of almost 39%, 38% people died at some point between vaccine and death of beyond 48 hours, a week, two weeks, 30 days. In the U.S. alone, 388.2 million people have taken a dose of COVID vaccine as of September 24th. This includes 223 million doses of Pfizer, 151 million doses of Moderna, and 15 million doses of Johnson & Johnson. So when we chart these things in a table, six 15,000 deaths is an increase of 2.12% for the entire period current till today. <laughs> 22,000 cases of permanent disability, again, is an increase of 2.97%, 3%.
an increase of 9.5%, or roughly 70,841 persons are in extended hospital stays, of which 17,000 birth defects, excuse me, life-threatening injury, and 504 serious birth defects. These figures have been incorrectly reported by Mr. Fauci, and this is the very table that he reads from. How could you misrepresent evidence that is on your own website? As reported on October 1st, 20,907 total adverse events, which include 1,256 rated as serious and 21 reported deaths. That's October 1st. Two of those 21 deaths were suicide. They saw no hope. On October 1st, the most recent death involved a 17-year-old male who had cancer. Was vaccinated on April 17th. Tested positive for COVID on July 20th. And passed away August 29th. To COVID-related A 16-year-old girl died from a pulmonary embolism nine days after she took the Pfizer vaccine. Other deaths reported October 1st included two patients who died after their second dose of the Pfizer vaccine which included a 13-year-old young girl and a 15-year-old young boy who previously had COVID and was diagnosed as a result of that shot with cardiomyopathy in May of 2021 and died four days after receiving his second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. He collapsed on the soccer field and went into what is called ventricular tachycardia. A 13-year-old girl who died after suffering a heart condition after receiving her first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Again, this is information that is readily available that Dr. Fauci has that he incorrectly reports. 3,151 reports of anaphylaxis among 12-year-olds to 17-year-olds with 99% of those cases attributed specifically and directly to the Pfizer vaccine. 516 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis, which is heart inflammation either on the 
interior or the exterior muscles, with 508 cases directly attributable to who? Pfizer. 112 reports of blood clotting disorders, and all of those cases attributed to the Pfizer vaccine. During that week, from December 14th of 2020, when they began to give the shot, to September 24th, 2021, for all age groups combined, so 90% of deaths are related to cardiac disorders. 58% of those who died were male, and 41% were female. And the remaining reported deaths did not include the gender of the deceased. The average age of death is 72.8 years. However, it is not limited to the senior citizens or the elderly. Because the young are now beginning to catch up and keep pace. Of the 2,882 cases of Bell's palsy reported, 50% were attributed to Pfizer vaccination, 42% to Moderna, and 8% to the J&J. 626 reports of the Julian Barr syndrome with 40% attributed to Pfizer, 32% to Moderna, and 27% to Johnson & Johnson. 155,501 cases of anaphylaxis. Now, for those who do not know what anaphylaxis is, I'm going to share with you what that is. You know, many here, you know, someone went into an anaphylactic shock. So let's look up what anaphylaxis is. Anaphylaxis is a severe life-threatening allergic reaction. It occurs within seconds or minutes of exposure to something you're allergic to. A lot of people carry EpiPens and things like that because they're allergic to peanuts or bee stings. So anaphylactic shock is what you go into when your allergen becomes too overwhelming for your body to manage. So, we have 155,501 reports of anaphylaxis. These are allergic reactions. 43% of the cases attributed to Pfizer, 50% to Moderna, and 7% to Johnson & Johnson. Again, 
10,000 reports of blood clot disorders. And of those blood clots, almost half, 4,195, are caused by Pfizer. 3,524 were caused by Moderna. And 2,000 reports to Johnson & Johnson. There are or have been 2,628 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, with 1,600 of those cases belonging to Pfizer, just under 1,000 of those cases to Moderna, and just under 100 to COVID, of COVID cases to Johnson and Johnson. So again, Mr. Fauci, this information gets into your hands before it gets to anyone else. Why do you not then share the truth? On that Wednesday, following the October 1st report, the CDC issued its strongest guidance to date, urging pregnant women and those who recently gave birth to get vaccinated against COVID. A total of 161 pregnant women died within hours of the COVID vaccine. The CDC said including 22 deaths alone in just August. The CDC is strongly strongly recommending COVID-19 vaccine vaccination either before or during pregnancy because the benefits of the vaccination outweighs known or potential risks. This was reported in an agency that they released to the public. To date, only 31% of pregnant people have been vaccinated. The CDC said COVID during pregnancy can cause preterm birth or sick babies that require intensive care. Other adverse pregnancy outcomes such as stillbirth have been reported. However, as of September 24, the CDC's VAERS reports show 3,823 pregnant women have reported an adverse event directly related to the COVID vaccine, including 1,144 reports of miscarriage or premature birth. Half of the 3,823 known pregnant women. A far greater number than the 
these statistics the CDC used to justify its urgent recommendation that pregnant women get vaccinated. So is this some type of slow, low-ball curve way of depopulation, Mr. Fauci? In an interview done with the Children's Health Defense, a 40-year-old Christy Dobbs said she spent nine months pleading with U.S. health agencies to research the neurological injuries she developed after receiving the Pfizer COVID vaccine, only to be ignored after she provided the National Institute of Health blood samples for research. Ms. Dobbs received her first and only dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine on January 18th and was unable to work and care for her family since. Ms. Dobbs has seen 16 different medical providers and tried 22 different medications to address more than 20 different symptoms, none of which she had prior to getting vaccinated. Mrs. Dobbs' symptoms included full-body paresthesia, internal tubers, internal tremors and vibrations, fatigue, brain fog, muscle pain, and weakness, pelvic pain, irregular menstrual cycle, skin rash, tinnitus, temperature regulation issues, swollen lymph nodes, loss of appetite, weight loss, dizziness and balance issues, blood pressure regulation issues, neck pain, headaches, heart palpitations and convulsions at night, and extreme insomnia. Although the NIH officials acknowledged in communication to Ms. Dobbs, they were aware of neurological injuries being reported to people after receiving the COVID vaccines. They have not published the data they've collected to the scientific community as promised. So people like Ms. Dobbs can find effective treatments. Ms. Dobbs said that she and others who developed neurological injuries after COVID vaccines shared their experiences with a reporter in the hope of raising awareness. story never ran, according to the reporter, a higher-up at Pfizer pressured the news agency to drop it because they provide funding. Well, isn't that a lotty die? And here we thought the news was separate and complete. 
from any outside of you. Again, this is not so mad science, and I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Again, my question becomes, Mr. Fauci, the data and statistics that I'm reporting right now here on tonight's program, you have in front of you. You get this information before anybody else. So why don't you share it with the American public? Pfizer and BioNTech, and again, I'm taking old news from October 1st, and I'm going to bring it up to the current moment. On October 1st, BioNTech, on that following Tuesday, submitted their, uh, their initial trial data for their COVID vaccine in children ages 5 to 11. And they said they will make a formal request to U.S. regulators for emergency use in the coming weeks. They hide behind this emergency use act so that there is no liability for anyone who gets ill and sick as a result of taking the vaccine. So Pfizer, if it did not finish its its application until mid-October, the FDA may not make its decision until sometime between Halloween and Thanksgiving, according to other sources inside the agency. The Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine was rapidly authorized for 12 to 15-year-olds roughly a month after the company filed for authorization. That is unheard of. If the same timeline is followable for this application, younger children could start receiving their shots as soon as late October, according to the Reuters News Service. So let's take a real-world look at this. Jeremy Charney, the the world's 25th-ranked professional tennis player, has said his 2021 season is over thanks to the serious issues he he contracted after getting a COVID vaccine between the Olympics and the U.S. Open. Mr. Charney is a 34-year-old, extremely athletic and healthy individual. He said after receiving his vaccine, suddenly he couldn't train anymore or play and needs more time to care for himself to ensure he doesn't have health problems after he recovers so he can return to the court. Charlie told the American Tennis Association, the ATA, he also told the AFP that he began to suffer from um, movement-limiting pain, 
swelling in the joint, the type of pain an arthritic patient suffers from. What caused the violent pains all over his body as soon as he made any physical effort? It, unfortunately, Mr. Charlie had to make the direct connection to the vaccine, but no one can explain why. It began within 24 hours of taking the shot. But he is not the only world-class athlete who began to suffer these issues. There are a few high-profile NBA players who began to suffer physical limiting pain as a result of taking the vaccine. But these reports are only circulated within the medical community and are not being reported on traditional news outlets. Nor have these players been allowed to speak about it publicly because they want to continue to get paid. There are some other high-profile NBA players who are part of that remaining 10% of players who have not received the COVID vaccine that is beginning to make headlines as they defend their position to not get vaccinated. So what has begun to happen? Cities with NBA teams are now making rules such that if you are not vaccinated, you cannot participate in indoor events in their city. As the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan told us over a year ago, the threat of loss of unemployment, the threat of the loss of means, the threat of the loss of family and friendship because you choose health over that damnable poison. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. So, we're going to take a brief break. And I mean a very brief break. Such that we can then move to October 2nd. But before we do so, Again, I want to repeat. Because of faults in my actions, I brought harm and injury to my brother and friend, Jason Illy, and his business associates, and ruptured their relationship and friendship. Due to some of my arrogance, I became censored for 90 days. And in that period, again, I overstepped my instruction of censorship, which then forced me to be extended to 120 days with limited access of communication. This put me in a position where 
I injured my brother and my friend and his business partners such that it injured their relationship. In the spirit of atonement, I offer not only my apology, but that I will, in due course of time, make restitution to you both. And it is my hope and prayer that you can find a way to repair your relationship and not let the actions of my overstepping harm you. Jason is my brother and my friend, and I ask his forgiveness. To his business partner, Sheldon, I did something that I should not have done, and I was silenced as a result of that. It not only hurt my business financially, it hurt my relationships emotionally. And it caused harm to you too. Please find a way to forgive one another as I find a way to make you whole. And it is my hope and prayer that you will find a way to forgive me. This is not so bad science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. And as the train begins to approach the station, short break and we'll, we'll be right back. This is not so mad science with your host Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network.
an investigation of government documents by a group called the Disinformation Chronicle revealed new evidence that Dr. Anthony Fauci approved funding for Peter Davik, D-A-S-V-A-K, who is an Echo Health Alliance, or rather at Echo Health Alliance, to conduct some dangerous gain-of-function research on the coronavirus closely related, or rather coronaviruses that are related to COVID-19. Mr. Fauci, as we all know, is the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases housed under the National Institute of Health. The Disinformation Chronicle analyzed grants awarded by the NIH to Echo Health Alliance for research on bat coronaviruses and compared them to documents that were leaked from the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency known as DARPA which is a research group housed within the U.S. Department of Defense. And again, I apologize for the sniffles. I suffer from a physical condition that as the seasons change from warm to cold, my sinuses swell and begin to itch. There is no antihistamine or anything other than surgery to remove my tonsils, which I still have, and my adenoids, which would stop this condition. I'd rather suffer for the two weeks than to have surgery. So please bear with me, even though I'm sniffling. Some of the same experimental platforms flagged by DARPA as being gain-of-function and dual-use research were those performed in the back coronavirus emergency grants funded by the NIH for six years. The investigation found the NIH was funding the gain-of-function research. Now, what does that mean? That means scientists were making the viruses more transmissible virally, meaning making them more deadly. Mr. Fauci testified before Congress that the NIH had not funded gain-of-function studies, but their own publicly available records shows, in fact, that they did. Mr. Dazic denied that his collaboration at the Wuhan Institute of Virology conducted the studies on bats. But in his DARPA proposal, which is available to be pulled up online, promised 
that the Wuhan Institute of Virology would experiment on that. Mr. Davitt has orchestrated a campaign to label any charge of a lag leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology a conspiracy theory. Now, do I believe that the coronavirus was mistakenly released in Wuhan, China? No, I don't. It is something that snuck out and got out the way HIV got loose? No, I don't. I do believe that this global pestilence is a punishment from a much higher authority, which is why they are so terribly, terribly far behind in trying to find a way to stop it. Because every time they think they find a way, this daggone thing mutates again. There are multiple mutations of the coronavirus out there now that there's no way to catch up. That means there's a power above far smarter and stronger that has put the world in lockdown. And the beast in their ever-present capacity to find a way to make money off of other people's suffering are now putting out a virus that they know is incapable of stopping. However, if you look at the narratives, Mr. Fauci is guilty of providing false information to the American people. And there seems to be a minor technical issue here, dear friends, that I'm going to have to try to put on a little bit of Marvin Gaye to make a correction. So bear with me. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's up, man? Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. See, war is not the end. For only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and kiss here today. Pick it light and pick it fast. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me. 
Public Radio ignored that Mr. David NIH grant included gain-of-function research as he told them it was funded to study coronavirus which gathered from bats. The journal Nature also ignored Mr. David's gain-of-function experiments and described his research as involving the collecting of feces and other samples from bats and blood samples from people at the risk of infection from bat origin viruses. However, if you go to the NIH website and look up the grants that were made available and concluded you will find in bold letters Mr. Davick's name and the gain-of-function research of corona-type viruses from the bat species. So my question becomes, Mr. Fauci, Mr. Davick, why is it necessary to hide these facts from the American people? Well, let me tell you why. Big Pharma is such a controlling factor in the economy of the United States that it is necessary that their interests and the money that transfers through the medical industry is not disrupted. Why? On October 5th, it was reported that Jessica Berg Wilson, a 37-year-old stay-at-home mother from the state of Washington, she was a healthy and vibrant woman who passed away suddenly on September 7th. According to, according to Jessica's obituary, doctors diagnosed her with vaccine-induced thrombotic thromboboxytomania, VITT. VITT is a rare and sometimes fatal blood clotting condition triggered by COVID vaccines. How does this relate to Mr. Fauci's 
and Mr. Davick's research. By doing the gain-of-function research, seeing just how bad and deadly things can be, vaccines can be targeted toward a specific area. They can then calculate how much can be sold to the number of deaths anticipated or expected as a result of taking the vaccine. In an exclusive, other exclusive interview, in other exclusive interviews, Tom Wilson, Jessica's husband, and Thomas Evansky, her uncle, said Twitter-based fact-checkers who have never spoken with her family or their family to verify Jessica's story affix misleading and misinformation labels to her obituary. Because of the Twitter labels, people couldn't interact with Jessica's obituary or share the story. On August 29th, Jessica went to a Seattle pharmacy to get her COVID vaccine and told she would be receiving the Johnson & Johnson shot. Jessica had no underlying health conditions according to her husband. Jessica was vehemently opposed to taking the vaccine, considering her stay-at-home mom status, state of good health, and young age in conjunction with the known and unknown risk of an unproven vaccine. But Jessica was pressured to get the vaccine due to a vaccine mandate at their child's school requiring room moms who wish to serve in the classroom be fully vaccinated. According to Mr. Evancy, her uncle, Jessica became ill after receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and went to the emergency room at the University of Washington Medical Center. Mr. Evancy said Jessica had been vaccinated and was suffering various severe symptoms. But attending doctors insisted on giving Jessica a COVID test and sent her home. They did not pursue they did not pursue any other treatment. Once at home, Jessica lost consciousness and was taken by ambulance to the University of Washington Medical Center in Seattle, where doctors diagnosed her with DITT. Mr. Evancy explained a team of doctors worked to relieve pressure on Jessica's brain, but ultimately it was too late. As a young mother, Jessica was dedicated to her family. She believed she was well informed about COVID vaccines and adamantly opposed to getting the injection, but because she fell victim to the pressure of the school system that she could not interact in the school with her child and other children unless she got vaccinated. 
during the last week of her life, the world turned dark with heavy-handed vaccine mandates. Local and state governments are determined to strip away your right to consult with wiser, more informed people with alternative means to combat this coronavirus, to remain healthy, and to become cured if you have contracted it. The media machine of the beast is mean and uncaring. The political machine of the beast is mean and uncaring. Can you carry your cross? Were you there when you crucified my Lord? Were you there when Jesus was crucified? Not the Jesus of old, but the modern-day Jesus who was crucified on the cross of media before the world. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And did you hide your hand and close your eyes and shut your mouth and let it happen? Where all he has done is tell you the truth. Were you there? The instructions of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is keep that damnable poison out of you. Keep the faith. Stand fast and hold strong so you can live through and weather the storm. Were you there? This is not so mad science, and I'm your host with Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. We also find that in the best case scenario, if we said the vaccine was safe, we are finding that it is being administered incorrectly. On the latest episode of the Jimmy Dore Show, back on top on October fifth, politi- comedian and political commentator Jimmy Dore questioned if the COVID vaccines are being administered incorrectly. He asked vaccine expert John Campbell, Ph.D. Dr. Campbell says that when COVID vaccines are injected into a blood vessel instead of a muscle, it can lead and does lead to serious heart problems. Dr. Campbell is a nurse teacher from the UK, described by German and British media as an expert on vaccine administration. Basically, most people in the United States and the U.K. are administered the COVID vaccination the wrong way, according to Dr. Campbell. Campbell explained that when administering the COVID vaccine, an injection intended to be administered intramuscularly or into the muscle, nurses are failing to determine if the needle is in a muscle or in a blood vessel. Injecting the vaccine into a blood vessel or intravenously can cause and has caused serious 
heart problems. Now, is he just making this up off the top of his whole head? Mr. Dawes asked the viewers. No, he's getting this from a peer-reviewed study which says exactly that. Dr. Campbell cited a peer-reviewed study published in the Oxford Clinical Infectious Disease Journal in August of 2021, this year, which showed that the inadvertent intravenous injection of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines may induce and will cause myoporicarditis, or rather myopericarditis. Dr. Campbell said this article is peer-reviewed and was published under the auspices of the Infectious Disease Society of America and Optic University. So the fact that we are still injecting people with COVID-19 without checking and ensuring that it is intramuscular but being done intravenously is far more dangerous and is a disgrace. Campbell said the regulatory bodies in the U.S. and the U.K. have failed to follow the science on this by no longer recommending to check if the syringes is incorrectly inside of a blood vessel during injection. The Oxford study also criticized the regulatory body, stating the World Health Organization, the WHO, and the CDC Center for Disease Control and Prevention no longer recommend aspiration of syringe plungers during intramuscular injections. These are official government bodies that control vaccinations, telling healthcare professionals almost explicitly don't do your vaccinations properly. Don't administer the vaccine safely. Although Dr. Campbell and the Oxford study highlight mRNA vaccines in a particular, or rather in particular, a study conducted by the University of Germany and the German Center for Cardiovascular Research showed that incorrectly administering Adenovector COVID vaccines into blood vessels instead of muscle results in dangerous blood clots. Adenovector vaccines include both the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca vaccines. Both scientific papers advise making sure vaccinations are not being administered into blood vessels by first aspirating the syringe to see if it draws blood. The Oxford paper also states, brief withdrawal of a syringe plunger to exclude blood aspiration may be one possible way to reduce the risk. The German study states, safe 
intramuscular injection with aspiration prior to injection could be a potential preventative measure. The CDC and the World Health Organization advise against such protective measures in order to minimize pain and post-injection soreness. A recommendation that Dr. Campbell said is completely and utterly wrong. Commenting on Dr. Campbell's allegation, nurse practitioner, RN, MSN director, Lynn Redwood, and President Emeritia of the Children's Health Defense said, the vaccine manufacturers clearly state on the package and that the vaccine should only be administered intramuscularly. This recommendation alone should warrant that every dose given include aspiration prior to injection of the vaccine to ensure the vaccine is not even, or rather not in a vein, given the potential for such tragic and potentially deadly outcomes. Prior to being injured by the COVID vaccine, Jimmy Dore had not publicly questioned the safety or the efficacy of the jab. But after the second shot, which he himself received in April, Mr. Dore told Joe Rogan he continued to suffer from fevers, body aches, joint pain, exhaustion, and a stiff neck for months after getting the vaccine. To this day, the comedian still reportedly suffers from body aches on the same side of his body where the vaccine was administered. This is not so mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Once again, and as always, coming to you live from the city of Detroit. So how many people have really died from COVID? Let's take a look. If we can figure it out, we know that the vaccine adverse event reporting system is fraught with inaccuracy. But within that, their own evidence of the numbers we have, there are dramatic increases in death and life threatening injuries. COVID-19 deaths, they have been overreported in some cases by as much as 500%, according to a full measure investigation. However, full measure is an institution fully funded and wholly funded by Big Pharma. In Colorado, homicides and suicide deaths were counted as COVID-19 deaths, casualties, because they were listed in a database of people who had been tested positive for COVID-19 within 28 days of their death. 
Someone who died with COVID-19 may be counted as a death among COVID-19 cases, even if the virus had nothing to do with their death. In Alameda County, California, when they removed deaths that weren't directly caused by COVID-19 from their official count, the number of COVID deaths dropped by 25%. Post-vaccine. 2021, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention stopped monitoring most of the COVID-19 infections amongst vaccinated people. They closed their eyes because it's primarily the vaccinated that are contracting the disease after vaccination and are being hospitalized. The end result is that there is no way to know how many people have been infected, including among the vaccinated, and how the virus is spreading. It's possible the CDC stopped tracking most COVID-19 cases among the vaccinated in order to obscure just how commonly the vaccines are failing. So how many people have died of COVID-19? The remedia is reporting CDC data that the death toll is about 640,000 in the U.S. But the true answer is nobody really knows, and it is suspected to be absolutely much higher amongst the vaccinated. Health officials like Dr. Anthony Fauci claim that there are likely more, far more COVID deaths than been reported, meaning such deaths are being undercounted and or covered up. Evidence of this, however, is lacking and many believe the opposite is true, that COVID-19 deaths have been overreported post-vaccine in some cases, by as much as 500%. Investigative journalist Cheryl Atkinson revealed that their findings from around the U.S., which found that in some documented cases, news that COVID was the cause of death was greatly exaggerated. Meanwhile, the CDC has made startling changes and how they track COVID-19 deaths, which is muddling and muddying the data and making it virtually impossible to track infections and those who have received a COVID-19 injection. In Grand County, Colorado, which has a population of 15,717 people, is the type of rural area where coroner Brenda Brock or Brenda Bach is able to keep tabs on each and every death, including those from COVID-19, of which she said there were none in 2020. COVID-19 deaths, however, were recorded in the area highlighting the problem with how such casualties are counted. 
She says, and I quote, I had a homicide suicide the end of November. And the very next day, it showed up on the state website as a COVID death. And they were gunshot victims, gunshot wounds. And I questioned that immediately because I had not even signed off on the death certificate yet. And the state was already reporting it as a COVID-related death to a non-vaccinated person. Well, how about that lottie die? The reasoning behind counting a homicide suicide death as COVID-19 casualties was that they were listed in a database of people who had tested positive for COVID-19 within 28 days of their death. To quote full measure, because there had been no COVID death within the geographic boundaries of Grand County in 2020, Bach was in a unique position to challenge the state's accounting. In many cities and counties around the U.S., the numbers are too big and the coroners would never know about the discrepancy unless they checked each and every individual one. Mr. Fauci, why must you lie to the American people? There are other instances in Grand County as well, according to Coroner Box's investigation. She investigated two COVID-19 deaths, which turned out to be people who were still alive. They just got put in there by accident. Investigator Atkinson also spoke with Dr. James Caruso, chief medical officer and coroner for the city of Denver, Colorado, who said he had also heard from coroners in rural counties that trauma deaths were being reported as COVID-19 casualties. At some level, maybe the state level, maybe the federal level, there's a possibility that they are cross-referencing COVID deaths. People who tested positive for COVID were listed as COVID-related deaths regardless of the true cause of their death. This is not so mad science, and I'm your host for the Haram Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. So to peanut butter, oh, baby, I got a lot of jelly for you. We're going to bring this edition of Not So Mad Science to an end. I had wished to go much longer, but my nose is not willing to agree with me. And I'm beginning to slur my words, and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to breathe. Again, this is not a COVID issue. This is a structural issue in my nose, and this happens to me the same time every year twice a year to change from hot to cold and from cold to hot. I'm your host for the Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. And I leave you as I always do with those immortal words of the late great black preacher Adam Clinton Powell Jr. of the Abyssinia Baptist Church. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. 
because there's a living God on the scene today. I salam alaikum. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.